This is Across Culture, the podcast exploring culture, identity, and the Christian faith. Hosted by Jesse Tang. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Across Culture. It's been a while. For some of you, you've been wondering, where have I been? Well, you know, life got busy and lots of things happening, but I'm finally back. Thank you for asking how I've been, what am I up to, um, and thank you for continuing to support and follow and listen to Across Culture. Well, I have a special guest with me for this episode of Across Culture, and I'm really privileged. It's really an honour to interview this guest (laughs) because she's a famous content creator, (laughs) I think. At least she's more famous than me. Uh, But anyway, so we have a special guest on Across Culture, and I think firstly, what would be good is if you could introduce yourself. Yeah. So I'll hand over to you. Would you like to say hi and say who you are? Sure. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Hi, everyone. I am Paula, Paula Melissa. Um, I'm a social media content creator and speaker, um, host, and I run a couple podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, so I basically talk online um, and in person at events. Um, mm. And yeah, that's who I am. I'm a child of God. Love the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Aside yes. with that, probably. Um, yeah, but no, God is good and life is blessed. That's who I am. So nice. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> um, I feel like I should be learning from you because you said you have multiple. <laughs> you said podcasts with an S yeah um you run many <laughs> podcasts and... i mean two two <laughs> just two. Oh, that's that's one more than me um <laughs> yeah you also mentioned that you're a child of god which is cool um could you say something about your cultural heritage or ethnic background if possible of course yes so i'm british nigerian which basically means i'm of nigerian heritage um born born and raised in london um yeah, I'm also Ibo. So Ibo is one of the tribes in Nigeria or one of the indigenous groups in Nigeria, in Nigeria um, um, which kind of are originated in the southeastern region of Nigeria. Um, so, yeah, that's like my cultural mm. heritage. Do you speak Ibo? I do not speak Ibo, but I have been learning Ibo for couple years now it was something we started in lockdown um so I can hold no that's a lie I was gonna say I can hold a conversation that's an entire lie and I shouldn't be lying um <laughs> but I can understand a basic conversation and kind of get the gist of it because I've been taking lessons so yeah oh, that's really cool what made you decide to take lessons over lockdown honestly um my mom so we grew up in London and we didn't speak Ibo as kids. Um, my parents spoke it, but they only really spoke it to each other or to other Ibo people we knew. And we didn't know that many Ibo people growing up. So we never really heard it. Um, but over lockdown, I think my mom had a panic and was just like, actually my kids can't speak Ibo and they're all grown ups now. So over lockdown, I was, well, I was like 20, 22, 23 when it first started. So it was kind of like, okay, she's a grown adult and she can't speak it anymore. Like I, I had to give up. But we were suddenly in our houses for hours at a time and mm. she was like, 
she spoke to my auntie in Nigeria who um does lessons and was like, oh, you know, it'd be nice if you can, uh, a couple hours a week, you can speak to them and help them learn basic Ibo. And it's just kind of continued since then. So it's been about two years and we're still learning. That's really cool. I'm glad that you've continued. It's not just like a lockdown project or idea and then it stopped. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds a li- little bit like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of like relearning I don't know if re is the right word, but like learning about one's own culture and identity. Um, That's similar to what I'm doing at the moment. So I've moved out of home and um, I realized that I want to be able to cook good food. (laughs) Like I want to be able to cook food, which is healthy as well. But then sometimes I'm, I'm cooking food and I'm like, is this the actual like proper Chinese way of doing it? Or is it just like something that my dad did and he's like a healthy eater. So he doesn't, maybe he doesn't cook it in the way that you should to bring out the flavors as well. So I'm kind of on this journey of like relearning aspects of my culture through Love cooking. Yeah. And I got this book from Gok Kwan. Do you know Gok Kwan? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so I used to watch Gok's fashion. I remember <laughs> so, that. Yeah, Gok Kwan is a... BBC British born Chinese half Chinese his dad's from Hong Kong he grew up in a takeaway I think and then his mum is white British I think Welsh yeah um so it's really good because he breaks down like what ingredients to use and why it's used and how to prepare it so that's my secret which I've just told the world but um learning about my culture in that way um yeah so I wonder if that's something similar for you yeah, I feel like it is a mixture of things. So I first started, so even though I did start lessons in lockdown um, a couple of years before that, so in 20, um, <clears throat> 2019, I went to Nigeria for the first time since I was a kid. Mm. Um, and I wanted to be able to speak to like my grandparents and grand uncles and aunties in the village because generally in Nigeria, most people speak English. So you can get away with not speaking any of the languages because most people will understand you. Mm. But if you go into like the village or more remote areas, people tend to speak the language. And I wanted to be able to just say like basic, hi, how are you in Ibo? So they could be like, wow, well done. And then I'd switch back to English. And so that whole year, <laughs> that whole 2019, um, and we went in October, so literally from January to, to October, I was self-teaching Ibo. Um, and I don't know if it's the same for Chinese, but it's one of those languages that you can't really self-teach because it's extremely difficult because there are different dialects in different areas, in different areas of Ibo, what we call Ibo land, where people from Ibo, people who are Ibo live or are from. And you're finding resources online thinking, yeah, I'm learning Ibo. And then you find out it's the wrong wrong Ibo it's like a different dialect than where you're from so it was okay for the basics but I needed like a teacher um and Ibo is also quite um tonal so I needed to be able to hear it being spoken it's also Mm. quite linked to um inferred meanings and wider context and when you say things so self-teaching that year was extremely difficult but I did it and so now coming back to um actually having lessons it was just an interesting thing because I the reason I wanted to be able to speak Ibo was I wanted to be able to pass it on to my future kids Mm. knowing that I'm probably never going to live in Nigeria like full time but I wanted them to have at least one part of their heritage that being you know they could at least understand the basics of Ibo especially because in western culture when you get married like especially as a woman you don't keep your surname so it's like they're not going to keep my Ibo surname they're not like and like my like my boyfriend's not Ibo so I know that 
they're not going to have like any other Ibo point of contact beyond me and my mm. parents. Um, so I was like, hey, the one thing I can give them is a basic, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? That that could be said in Ibo. And that's definitely something I'm going to try and pass on to them. So in the future, I don't have kids now. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really sweet. <laughs> Um, thinking about the future and passing on culture and um, I have a good friend of mine and that's something that he's thinking about now because he's an intercultural marriage and Mm -hmm. he's just had a baby recently and he's thinking like what aspects of his culture and his wife's culture is this baby gonna pick up um, and be brought up in the UK exactly yeah yeah yeah. well they're in the US but yeah still multicultural society so I was also thinking about language and um, I'm living quite near university now and I thought about studying Spanish. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so I was like looking online for courses and I saw the university offer Spanish and then I didn't think much about it. Then I went on my phone. I don't, I don't know what, I went on a different device and I started getting ads and different things about language courses. And then there was this thing that popped up. It's a podcast. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this. It's a podcast. And then I was like, huh? And I thought, this person looks really familiar. And I clicked on it. <laughs> I clicked on it and I saw your face. So, I mean... <laughs> Is language like one of your hobbies? And um, yeah, could you tell us more about your podcast? One of your podcasts? Yeah, that's so crazy that they even... I don't know if this is a real story or if you're just like segueing into like the podcast, but... Real story. Real story! And segue. <laughs> it's crazy that that came up. So I have a podcast um, called Hermosas Chicas Negras um, and it's a Spanish language podcast. So the actual podcast is in English, but it's about learning language or learning Spanish and how to self-teach yourself depending on how you learn um so yes there is a theme of learning languages and I am learning Spanish um simultaneously to Ibo people ask how I can do that very easily because Ibo is completely different from Spanish Spanish Mm. is very much Latin based so I couldn't learn Spanish and like French at the same time or Spanish and Portuguese but Ibo is completely different so it's really not that different difficult to do them both also um I'm trying to be fluent in it in in Spanish I'm not trying to be fluent in Ibo so I do a lot more Spanish than Ibo per week so it's fine um Hermosas Chicas Negras um translates as beautiful black women and the three of us that are involved in the podcast is me and my two co-hosts Diana and Ayo um are beautiful black women (laughs) who um are all self-taught Spanish speakers to different degrees so um Diane has been learning Spanish for eight to nine years um Ayo is about six years I think and I've been learning for two years um and yeah we're self-taught speakers and we basically just um created it because well first of all like we're all Christians and we felt like God led us to each other because we didn't know each other uh, prior to starting it Mm. um in the middle of lockdown is when I picked up Spanish as again another skill to just do um and again it was self-taught and um yeah we came up with this podcast idea and we really just thought it was going to be something to show that there are black women that are teaching themselves languages um and it's it's doable it's not easy but it's doable and that there should be a community or there is a community for us to come together and learn together and so that's where hcn came from you can call it hcn because we know that hcn <laughs> because we know that hermosas chicas negras is a bit long oh um, yes 
Okay, we just say hate. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm still trying to. Okay, yes. Oh, because H is like the hermosa. Yes. So in Spanish, um, H is usually silent. So you just go hermosas instead of hermosas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My brain is processing this. You're looking at me like, what? <laughs> you can tell so, I haven't pardon. started studying it. Yeah. Okay. HCN. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. The HCN. And so it is an English podcast. And it's really funny because, like, some of my friends don't know Spanish and they watch it and they're like, it's really good. Like, we're just, we just have fun. Um, and yeah, languages is, itself is such a funny thing because all through school, when I was learning French and German, I was not good. <laughs> like, I was an A student at school except for languages. Like, I was really not good. Other than English, which I loved, I was just not good at languages. And it later on, when I went to university, I realized I'm um, discovered that I'm dyslexic and that's why I was struggling with languages so for me to now become a grown adult and actually choose to learn languages is such a funny like god thing because it doesn't make mm. any sense like but um yeah I could say that's like languages and and travel and and just knowledge of the world and love geography things like that is definitely a hobby for me mm, that's really cool um what has been a highlight would you say of your language learning journey or um, actually you mentioned other things about travel and geography yeah so anything out of those what has been one of the highlights I mean like I said I am self-taught like completely I've never done any formal training and I wish I had like a Lisa GCSE in Spanish because it would have made it easier um but a lot of my language learning has been the way I like to learn is what I did and it's it's still crazy to me that I can understand a language almost semi-fluently. I can't speak it fluently. That's cool. Whoa, in two years. Yeah. So I'm very, very beginner in my yes. speaking, but I can very much understand really, really well. Um, <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> Está bien. Está bien. Wow. That's really good. Uh, I was um, <laughs> <laughs> not expecting that. Um, so yeah, I think one of the highlights for me was I went to Madrid um, recently, a couple months ago. And um, the whole time I was just like, I'm not going to speak. I don't care. I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to speak. Um, and I loved Madrid. And then I think on the last day, my sister and I were in a coffee shop. And I literally was able to like speak to this woman um, who was serving us because we just happened to accidentally, well, not accidentally, deliberately be in a non-touristy area. Mm. So they did not speak English. So we had to like translate and it was actually really good and it grew my confidence a lot. So by the time I came back to the UK, I was a lot more determined to actually practice my speaking because I do know a lot more than I can say. And so, yeah, that was a really like cool moment. Um, and since then I've had moments where I've met like Spanish tourists in London and they've needed help and I've been able to help in Spanish and I've just been like okay I can do this um, and yeah just having mm. those girls do the podcast with me I think is the encouragement because they are obviously like way advanced than me but they're so encouraging of me they are patient with me as well because I'm very much like no I don't want to say it I will revert to English and I'll be like no you like you know it say it um, yeah and it's just been really 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 cool growing with them that's really cool. I think it's something, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about confidence as well. Yeah. Um, so, so many times I've gone back to Hong Kong where my dad's from and I feel a bit nervous about speaking Cantonese. Like, oh, people might judge me because of my accent, but it's actually pushing through yeah. and like saying a few things and then people get you. So that helps, you know, every time you have those experiences. Um, 
<laughs> I thought of something really funny because so so we mainly speak Cantonese at home. Okay. Even though like I can't understand formal Cantonese, so when okay. I hear the news, for example, I can't understand it that well. But I can, yeah, colloquially, that's fine. But I also studied Mandarin um, right. once a week growing up um, in Chinese school. But I'm probably a bit worse in Mandarin than I am in Cantonese. But yeah, when you were talking about um, uh, meeting Spanish tourists and helping them, for example, <laughs> this happened to me the other day. There was like two women, Chinese women, and um, they were changing tubes. And then I could hear them like talking to Mandarin, like, oh, which way should we go? <laughs> and I tried to help them. So I asked them, like, where are you going in Mandarin? And then mm -hmm. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't understand oh, the no. answer. <laughs> this happens to me. Um, so I want to help them, but I actually can't understand them that well. And then after a while, yeah, it was like awkward conversation. But they they were really thankful that I wanted to try and help them. Because I think they actually told me the location they were going. Or like they were telling me that they're going to see a show or something like that. But hey. I was asking like which station. What but, station? Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> it, it was awkward but it's it was the, funny the intention of wanting to help them so it's all good <laughs> another example was when I went to um, a restaurant and um, I mainly speak Cantonese but the people in the restaurant spoke Mandarin so I asked them about this like noodle dish and I, I asked them what's in the dish and then I couldn't understand like everything oh, they're like, we literally answered your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understood like 80% of what's in the dish. And I was like, okay, I'll get that. Yeah, the 80%. I'm sure that bit was nice. So you're like, yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah, So anyway, um, I'm just recounting all my awkward moments in Mandarin now. But hopefully I can, you know, develop in it. Not yeah. that I'm actively doing anything about it. But hopefully, <clears throat> hopefully I can do that. So I'm aware that you have another podcast, um, yeah. which I came across first, actually, before this, um, HCN. Um, so yeah. could you tell us a little bit about this podcast that you have? What's it called? And yeah, what is it about? And actually, why did you start it? Of course. So my main, well, I shouldn't say my main, but my first podcast is the She HH podcast. And um, the She Ajaja podcast is um, a interview-based series where we interview women in Christian music all around the world. Um, so this is into series three now, and we've been running it since uh, 2019. Um, and it's basically, yeah, we talk to women um, in different parts of the world who are in music ministry in one way or the other. So they might be a artist, they might be a rapper, they might be a singer, um, but they also might work in, in music marketing or branding. Um, they might uh, be a songwriter, they might be a producer or engineer or something like that. And we do interviews with them. Um, we learn about their journey and where they've come from and how they've got to where they are, but also just like their lives as well and things that we think that people can learn from them about. Um, and yeah, it's been such a blessing to be, it's been such a blessing to do this podcast. Um, it was a vision that God gave me. And when I started to do it, I was like, this is too much. I'm going to need you, Lord, to provide the people to make this happen because I am tired and I'm burning out. And God is so gracious. He, um, 
really came through with providing like such an amazing team over the years of doing this that we've been able to do three series and hopefully go on to four um, and more and more people would like to be involved and be like you know bring themselves forward to be interviewed or send in a friend or whatever it may be and now that we're kind of like kind of out of, of COVID I've been able to do video interviews and in-person interviews as well mm. so yeah CHH is a real real passion project of mine and I'm excited to see where God takes it. Mm, that's really cool. I've also noticed that you have good social media engagement um, and Thanks. following as well <laughs> compared to my Instagram, which I never up- update. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I can learn from you. <clears throat> um, oh, thank you. Do you have like uh, a real passion for music or worship ministry? Like what got you to choose this as a theme for the yeah. podcast? Oh, I definitely have a passion for music. Um, I've always loved music. I think when I remember specifically 2012 is when my like music life changed because I was introduced to Christian um, hip hop and rap. So growing up, I wasn't really allowed to listen to secular music. So I was only really listening to Christian music anyway. Um, But it was all very churchy, which I love. I still love to this day, but it was all very churchy. Like what you sing in church type music, my siblings and I listen to. And then one day in 2012, one summer, um, we had some people come to stay in our house from the States. And they were like, oh, have you heard of this? Like, I remember today what song it was and who it was. It was Lecrae. It was a song called um, God is Enough um, featuring Flame. And she said to me, have you heard of Christian hip hop? Here's a song. And she played God is Enough. And right now, like, it's, it's a bit of a cheesy song. But at the time, I was like, you can rap and be Christian. This is amazing. Like, <laughs> so it introduced me to a whole new genre of life and, and, and music. And I then started finding loads more music. And we fast forward to 2019 where I was in the middle, like I was almost exclusively listening to Christian music of all genres, you know, hip hop. Um, so CHH, hip hop, um, rap, but also like Afrobeats, also, um, mm. a lot of, uh, like R&B, soul, like so much different genres. And, so many different genres and I was like this is amazing like this is what I love but at the time I would look back and people would ask me who are your favorite artists and they were all men which you know that's not a problem but I was also like are there no women doing this like are there no women rapping there are no women in soul music there's no women in R&B there's no women in like because there were women doing it in, sec- in secular spaces but there was no one it looked like there was no one doing it in Christian spaces so you know, I'm the type of person that if I find a problem, I like to find a solution. Yeah. So I went, <laughs> of course, so I went <laughs> looking for the solution and I would find different female artists. And I just thought, how do I create a platform to help these women be found? Number one. Number two, um, I wonder what their stories are. I would love to just sit and talk to them. And for me, I'm a journalism grad. Like I'm, I'm trained as a journalist. I have spent a lot of my life talking to people and just learning from people, asking questions. And um, that's always been my best and worst trait, wanting to know about people's lives. So just feeling like I could, you know, create a space where we could sit and have conversations and learn from them is where SheHH developed. Um, and prior to SheHH, I was doing interviews. I still do interviews. I do I do interviews outside of this. So I just thought SheHH would be a space that would um, allow the future of women in music to learn from the past and present. And so that's where the, the kind of vision came to be. And it, it was started in 2019. And still continuing today Mm, that sounds really important actually um amplifying also some of the voices that 
people don't see or hear much yes. um, as well. And what is the demographics of the people who you interviewed generally? So I'm assuming it's all women. All right? women, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and are they generally um, Christian hip hop artists, Afrobeats? So, what kind of um, genre? Different genres, actually. So it's really funny because, so if you're a fan of Christian hip hop, you know that it's normally called CHH. Oh, okay. And that was where the play on the name came from. It's like, she hates you. Thank you. That is the reaction I was going for. Exactly. (laughs) So that might be one of the best things I've ever done in my life. But um, CHH, she hates And it's like, oh, she, like her. Um, Oh, wow. So initially, it did start with exclusively almost like, uh, uh, completely targeting Christian hip hop artists but we've now branched out to all genres we've also branched out to all countries um, and it's always been like an international international thing like that first series had people from Nigeria New Zealand the States the UK and now we've gone on to season three which has like 24 artists and they're from everywhere so it's really all genres it's really all women it's really even all ages because for me it was impo- important <clears throat> that the younger and new artists get to learn from the older artists as well so we do have some kind of veterans in the game who've been in it for a while but mm-hmm. then we have people who their career started this year so things like that um yes yeah, it's been really a real blessing to me and to our team and to other people who've listened to them mm, that's cool i like how he talks about the diversity in ages as well yeah um also well correct me if i'm wrong but i think i think like it's not only younger artists or new artists learning from veterans and older but actually what kind of dialogue can there be and yeah how can younger artists also inspire and teach mm-hmm. um those who are older who've been in the game or whatever you want to call it and just to remind them of why they started as well because a lot of the young artists are just excited to like have music out and sometimes if you've been in the game especially if you're you've been a christian artist for so long you probably don't have like the millions of streams and the millions of money millions of money millions of pounds um, that you would have you want to make so seeing seeing a young artist who's just excited that they have two songs on spotify reminds you of why you started that in this um music industry in the first place so yeah Maybe they have like famous vinyls. <laughs> sure. <laughs> lots of, I don't know how it works actually. <laughs> lots of people have bought. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, were you around when we had cassettes, cassette tapes? Yeah. How young do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm older than you, so. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm 25. I'm like not five. <laughs> Like, do you, do you remember those things that we used to put a pen into? Touch? Yeah, I do. Oh, I, I was there. You did that too. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had lying a- on cassette, uh, not a cassette, on um, what were they called? VHS, the video. VHS, yeah. Okay, you know that. Yeah, yeah. And you have to rewind all the way to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. You asked me if I was around to a cassette. <laughs> Well, oh, okay, man. okay. What about uh, what's actually? I, I don't. I don't even remember. MD. MD. It never really took off. It's like a, <laughs> a mini version of a CD. Oh no no no. No okay, I no. might be wrong. Not the Walkman thing, right? Like you put in a Walkman. No, but I did have a Walkman. I I had oh I didn't have one, but I think like an older cousin had one. So I remember seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh cool cool 
Yeah, so I think, yeah, we're going to come towards the end of this interview. It's been really good to chat with you. I just realised I didn't, I didn't prep you for this. Yeah. But I was wondering if there's any kind of final words of wisdom or final words of knowledge or <laughs> final encouragements or anything that you'd like to share um, before we close. Um, about life in general or just... <laughs> yeah, <this is> really <laughs> you know random. what it is very random but I will say I think because of how like random and um, like all over the place my career can seem it can seem like what is she doing but I found in the in in the years I've been alive and the years that I'm continuing to grow that I don't have to just do one thing that God has deposited so much in each of us um, that there may just be seasons of doing different things so before I was doing HCN before I was doing CHH there were other things I did I used to do photography I used to actually do content creation so I used to do a lot of presenter-led things I used to be an Instagram or YouTube or whatever I've done blogging for many years so I allowed myself to believe that there are seasons of really putting your all into something. And then once the passion has moved on from there, and once that you feel like you've done what you were called to do in that thing, feel free to move on to your next thing. You don't actually have to be held hostage to something for your whole entire life. Mm. You are allowed to explore and try new things and fall in love with new things. I never thought languages would be something I could ever even do. Um, coming from the background I came from, I was like, how dare I even want to learn Spanish when I couldn't even speak my own language? It kind of felt like a bit of a betrayal. But the fact of the matter is that we are human beings that evolve and change with time. Um, we develop new passions, new things become things. Podcasting wasn't a thing when we were younger. So I wouldn't have even known I could do that. Mm. Um, even presenting and hosting, I didn't really do until two or three years ago. So just learning that in each season, you're allowed to have fun and change. Um, it doesn't mean that you've betrayed your younger self. It just means you're allowing yourself to explore and to really blossom into who God has called you to be in its entirety, as opposed to just one part of your life forever. Yeah, that's so encouraging. That's really good. Um, I was thinking about, you know, the thing called transferable skills. I'm not sure if I'm saying the right thing, but actually, yeah, I believe that nothing is wasted and spending yeah. seasons of time developing skills or like hobbies, um, like these kind of things can transfer into your next. Yes. Um, what's it called? Your next project. Um, and stuff like that so yeah I really believe in that and kind of like sometimes you might not see it but then if you look back you see oh actually these things that I learned here really helped me um, in my next stage um, and even if you can't see that that's fine as well so <laughs> yeah. it's a good encouragement yeah because I always like starting new projects <laughs> so thanks well. for that thanks for <laughs> speaking into that as well so Paula how can we find you on social media um, and how can people listen to your podcast or contact you that kind of thing how can we find you yeah. um paula melissa xx on every bit of social media so that's paula melissa p-a-u-l-a-m-e-l-i-s-s-a-x-x um or if you just google paula melissa everything i've ever done mm. in the world should come up because that's seo why, and you're branding. famous <laughs> no <laughs> that's why no. i said you're famous it's because I've been online since I was 15 years old and I know how to brand myself. <laughs> That's literally it. Um, so yeah, if you search me up on that, you can find like my socials and that has all my emails and everything on there. Um, you can listen to the CHH podcast or the Hermosas Chicas Negras podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Again, if you search CHH or if you search Hermosas Chicas Negras, um, which I will spell for you, H-E-R-M-E. 
O-S-A-S-C-H-I-C-A-S-N-E-G-R-A-S podcast. Or just go on my Instagram, <laughs> see my bio. Um, you can find any of the podcasts and you, you can watch it on or listen to it on any of your favorite platforms. Can you spell that in Spanish? Okay, I'm really bad at letters in Spanish. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Don't worry. I was already thinking like when you were spelling it in English, my, he my head was like, uh, <laughs> trying to visualize it. Um, but yeah, so we'll be able to find that and I'll put it in the show notes as well. So that's yes, all good. Indeed. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great chatting with you. You too. Thank you. Follow Across Culture on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts because there's going to be another episode. I promise. <laughs>